Hello and welcome to the instalment of the Y Football Podcast with me, Michael Dryden and Etches Adogru. Today we ask the controversial question of whether you can support two football clubs. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and YouTube. Etches, good afternoon, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, can't really complain uh, too much. Had a really good bank holiday weekend. Um, been really enjoyable. Done lots of great things. Haven't haven't really checked into the football at all, which is which is good. Don't know what the scores are saying, so probably not going <laughs> to bother looking. Probably not going to bother looking this week. I'll just I'll just leave that for a few weeks' time. Uh, but how are you doing? Yeah, I don't think Arsenal played this weekend, did they? So yeah, no, we're, yeah. no we're not we're not playing again till January. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think that's when they're next playing their next game. So yeah, have a, have, a, have a few months off and then return. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, we'll just leave that one there. We're not going into it. Yeah, Arsenal didn't play. It's a bit weird one, but you know, you know, Arsenal aside, you know, this this episode is also inspired by a bit of rage on your part, isn't it? Cheers. So yeah. So so basically, could, um, be, an, could be an aggressive podcast. It, it could well be, and there's been a few of those as well. Just early warning for anyone listening. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm part of a fantasy football group chat um, where I got invited in. Um, it's high stakes. I'm not doing very well this year. Um, wish we had some violins to play in the background, but hopefully <laughs> I'll turn it around as the weeks come. But basically, no matter where you go, I could I could go to church today and Arsenal would still be getting shots at from someone in the congregation. Do you know what I mean? Like the, no, matter, no, matter, no, matter, no matter where you go, they're just receiving, like they're getting peppered shots constantly. And in that chat, obviously, there are a few Arsenal fans um, who are getting a lot of heat. I've asked a few people um, who I know well to, to give me the background of who supports who so I can try and get my own back, which the way Arsenal are playing probably won't happen till 2023. But um, yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of people in the chat, it seems, that support two sides. And it, it's quite a common phenomenon I've, I've seen recently. I, I watched Arsenal Brentford in the pub with a few friends. And there was a guy who came across to speak to my Brentford friend, who is still alive. And he <laughs> he basically said to him, oh, I'm a Tottenham fan, but Brentford are my second team. And like, obviously, there's this like admiration between them two because they're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's so good that they're doing well. And and, and you see that yeah. quite commonly, especially with London sides, actually, because there's so many in such densely populated areas where, mm. oh, I support X, but, you know, I've been following Y. Normally when Y make it to the Premier League, QPR is a good example of that. <laughs> QPR is a good example of that. My, um, my auntie lives outside the station and when they're in the Premier you used to get so many fans chanting about them. And it's kind of looking into, like, what actually is a fan you know like what is the definition of it like can you support two sides is that then glory hunting can you mm. follow just players themselves which people people tend to do um so yeah that that's kind of what i wanted to do the episode on yeah so I mean, there's a lot of variables so what that, which makes it more of a rational argument than perhaps we've alluded to or what people might think because people think oh the first reaction for anyone who likes football who's like really into football to anyone who sports two clubs is straight away be like, nah, that's not on. But actually, there are some rational arguments in theory. Like, you know, there's a lot of variables who, who your parents support, where you live, who your friends support, you know, when you're growing up, availability of tickets, cost of tickets. Like, yeah. you're an Arsenal fan. For you to have a season ticket and to go to every away game is a, probably not possible currently because you have to be on a waiting list for, this, for the season ticket. And also the away tickets like Gold Dust. 
Mm. Um, and then if you do, it'll probably in total the season ticket, the season ticket plus the away tickets, you're probably going to be like two grand down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so no, there are a lot of variables. No, you're not wrong at all. And also, if you are an Arsenal season ticket holder, the one thing that they have in common is they're all addicted to pain because I don't know why you're paying mm. to a season ticket. <laughs> you'd be you're addicted to pain. That's what you'd be diagnosed with. You love pain if you want to actually go and watch Arsenal week in week out. But obviously, that Jesus, is part yeah. of um, that is part of supporting a club. <laughs> so, so like the, the question is like, who do you support, right? And you know, in, in previous generations, you generally supported who your mum or dad or general family did. But you know, mm. in, in modern times of social media, certain clubs. They're no longer clubs, right? They're just they're just band, um, bands, brands, basically. Couldn't yeah. get the word out. So, like, when you're a six year old, you know, whose favorite player is KDB and Kane, and you then turn around and say, "No, no, you got support Wigan Athletic," like your old man. Mm. That can be, you know, quite difficult for young children because, you know, winning is fun. Winning's fun now, and winning's fun all the time. But I think part and parcel of trying to get your children involved is that. You know, it's much easier to pick the side that's winning every single week because you're always <laughs> smiling than to go to a less glamorous side who are stuttering and, and not being, you know, doing as well. Um, so, yeah, that can be quite tricky. But then if you have very stubborn parents uh, and they can force your hand with it, then that can also be a way to get you on board. But I think what we've also seen as time has gone on is how much clubs have changed right you know i just said that they're they're just so big they're not mm. local sides that are part of the community where you know yeah. phil dave and john all work in a ticketing <laughs> office um, <laughs> it's it, it's completely different they're commercialized juggernauts like they're all over the world you know you see these clubs go to some of the, the big clubs anyway go to asia i saw bournemouth go to i think it was australia when they're in the prem they had loads of fans just and i'm just thinking like that's how commercial and global the premier league is and also these clubs where you're getting smaller stars like bournemouth they're having presence in in continents where you would never have expected them to and these juggernauts have such a global reach now that following your local team or if you're fortunate and your local team is one of these juggernauts then it's it's a completely different ball game because you know these clubs are just complete global brands that are just very different to what they were 40 or 50 years ago and I think what that then means which is why they have you know they're so big to begin with is every year there's only three or four trophies to win right so when we're talking about who do you want to support or who do you want to follow and we're talking about these big brands having such a big pool then what we're beginning to really see is people pick two teams they have one which is the big side. So it's the Arsenals, the Man United, the Chelsea's because they have the Vieiras of the past. They had the Van Nistelrooy's, they had the Ronaldo's and they had the players that when you're really young, you think, wow, they're my favourite team. But then also it seems that a lot of people are picking up these less glamorous sides, which actually has that local affinity for them, whereby it could be that Sutton United, which is a place really near me or um, Palace, or it could be a variety of teams where you're from as well. And I think mm. that's what we're kind of seeing is this this marrying between, oh, this is my uh, this is my main team because they're the ones winning all the trophies and this is the team where I actually have a bit more affinity towards and getting this dual type of support um, going through the leagues. Um, and whether that's right or wrong is, is, is up for debate. Yeah, definitely. I, I recall going to... Uh... To your earlier point, I recall going to Bangkok and seeing, like at the Metro, uh, seeing a Leicester City shop. I know they've got Thai owners, so it makes more sense. But like that just kind of reminded me of your point before where, um, or your point reminded me of that, like just being in, in Bangkok and there being like a Premier League 
football club shop there <laughs> just kind of brought home like how global the, the brand really is um and to your point obviously it's no longer just an english league in a sense because you know there's fans there could potentially be this might be wrong but there could be as many fans outside of england than within it as sport the premier league now because it's so it's so global and it's broadcasted across the world mm. um there's definitely it, i'm really really torn on this point because i think there's definitely an image and kind of status thing with people wanting to associate themselves with success generally and therefore successful sides. So yep. it's, it's really tough because like when I was young, I asked, I got my dad to, you know, countless, a few occasions to buy Arsenal games on pay-per-view for Sky because I wanted to watch Thierry Henry. That was more because I wanted to watch Thierry Henry rather than because I was a, like a supporter of Arsenal. But like to your point, like no one should ever tell you who you, <laughs> what you enjoy doing or who you should enjoy supporting or whether it's a player or a club. But at the same time, like it, it is a bit annoying when someone does support that successful team, and you get the impression that's because they like to be associated with that success rather than the fact they yep. actually enjoy it. It just depends on the context, I suppose. Because without that, then it wouldn't make any sense to support two teams, would it? You just support one because I support Sunderland because I used to go as a kid with my dad. I have some really good memories of doing so, and that that for me rings true and will be a reason why I always love the club, regardless if we're in League One or the Premier League. We've never been a successful team, so it's kind of a different point like if I was you know if I grew up in you know right next to Old Trafford I could have both of those things where I have a local affinity and also like the fact they're successful and if they then became really bad and to be fair United have you know, compared to what they were did fall off for a while then of course that would that would make me win because the, the, you know the bigger the, the bigger you are the harder you fall mm. so I think that does that does and that, that applies to Arsenal as well um but yeah I mean I've had this discussion with fans before and we'll, we'll get on to the definition of a fan shortly but like i had this discussion before with friends of does attending games make you a better fan and i think again i'm really split on this i think it's a really interesting discussion uh and it links to what we're talking about because i've had a season ticket before at sunland when i was young girls in school and it is a big commitment i mean but bear in mind then i wasn't even paying for it my dad was mm. <laughs> like i was i was a, I was a school a school boy but like um you know, like attending 19 games, you know, Tuesday nights in January, like it is a lot of effort. And if you're paying for it, and particularly if you're paying for it in London, that's mm. a lot of money. And so th- that commitment, I know and I've experienced that and I know it takes a lot of work. And for someone then to say, oh, actually, no, it doesn't make you a better fan to go to games. You know, you can still be a really dedicated fan and not go to games. True. But then someone's got to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like your team wouldn't do very well if the, if the stadium was empty. So, I'm really, really torn on that because I do think anyone should be able to enjoy, you know, the friend in question spent a lot of time growing up in Middle East, so he can't go to Stanford Bridge every week, a Chelsea fan, you know, he can't do that. Mm. Then he's, he's more than entitled, he's got every right to to support that team, of course he does. So I'm, that's why I'm really torn on it, but I think there is still levels of engagement to things. You know, if I turned around and said to you, oh, HS, you know, I really, really love badminton now, and then you said to me, okay, um, so if you start playing badminton, I said, oh, no. And you went, oh, if you start watching badminton, I said, no. You'd be like, Joanne, you're talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't love that. And I suppose that, that rings true more to these people that perhaps say they support, say, Manchester United, but never actually even watch them on TV. Because as I said, you can't go to every game. You might not be able to even be able to get a ticket if you live there. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the point, isn't it, right? Is that 
If we're saying you want to support a side because they're successful rather than your local team, then that's fine because there are fans across the globe. But then if you're just following that team for their success and you're not actually a fan, then how do you measure whether you're a fan or not? Because it's it's quite hard, isn't it? Because yeah, the old method would be, oh, are you going week in, week out to see that team? That's not mm. that's not plausible for some people. So therefore, yeah. how can you what do you measure it by? What do you then say to, to that? You know, I mean, there are thousands and millions of Arsenal fans I know of that have waned their interest because, you know, the club's not in a good way and the club's lost. But, you know, that's part of the magic of supporting a side. You mm. have other people that live literally in the middle of nowhere that are diehard fans of their clubs in other ways. And it's just how you... How do you manage that? Well, someone supports two teams. How does it work? You know, there's your second side, get half the tension as your top side, or do you actually not really care about either? Are they both status images? I mean, that's that's quite um, an interesting point. And that's the thing, right? It's, it's, it's just the old guard, that's what I call them, because I think football mm. has changed so much in the modern era. You know, you go 50, 60 years ago, one tickets are very cheap. Um, you could live locally um, or you normally did live locally because the reach of these clubs is a lot smaller. If you go back 70 years, I, I, I doubt there'd be many people in, I don't know, Kuwait following Arsenal, for example, because mm. it just wouldn't be because of TV and the broadcasting and everything would be a lot harder. So back then, I'd understand how you could define or see what you deem a fan would be. But now, you know, you just mentioned ticket prices earlier, really expensive, fans being all over the globe. You can't see your teams week in, week out. You know, it, sometimes the affinity is linked to a player. And, and Arsenal is massive mm. in Nigeria because of Kanu. Um, and obviously Awobi in recent times, but in particular Kanu because he was championed by the Invincible Era and yeah. some of Arsenal's greatest success. So sometimes that's why they follow a team. I think that the argument specifically for two sides is a murky one because you, you get that label of being a plastic or a glory supporter banded around because I always I always think it's, it's a tricky one because you get all your boxes ticked, right? You know, you have the local affinity towards that club that you may share a bond with other friends or family. And often you're then supplemented by the success or the image, as you mentioned before, of a top side. But then for some people, it's very conflicting. It could be because they've lived in a certain place or because, you know, they're, they're, I think it's hard for us because we're very to the left and to the left, I'd say, is one team and one team only. However, yeah. for many people, what is so hard to define is they just don't think that way, which I think is uh, it, it's hard to get your head around. I mean, personally, I'll put it out there. I'd love to support a new team. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. If someone just said, Etch, you know what, if you click your fingers now, I can support another team, I'll pick someone else. I'll probably, you know, I'll pick City 10, uh, 20 years ago and then just wait for all the good stuff to happen. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, you can't actually do that. So um, I guess I'm stuck with Arsenal for the time being. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to your point, I mean, I'm moving to Wimbledon next weekend, um, and I intend to go to some AFC Wimbledon games. A because I know the tickets will be well, I'll be able to get hold of a ticket. It won't be too expensive, and also I'm a Southern fan that lives in London, so I, you know, as much as I would try and get to every away game in this region and go home fairly regularly to go to games, it's not you know, I can't always go. And so mm. it's just about watching, you know, if you love the sport, which people do, like they should be allowed to go and watch regular football. I would never say, I would never say, and I'm yet to go to a game there, but like, I would never say I'm a Wimbledon fan, but like I'm going to the game because I enjoy watching football. Yeah. I also want to watch them against Pompey because I hate Portsmouth with a passion. If anyone who's listening is a Pompey fan, sorry about that, but I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, on a serious note, um, you know, you should, if if you enjoy the sport and it's particularly the lower the lower levels as well, like you know, you get a lot of people that go to like 
uh, non-league non-league games. So it's I always had a beef about this back home that Gateshead, which is very very close to Newcastle, they always used to provide discounts for Newcastle United season ticket holders to go to their games. So you'd have people that would go to Gateshead games, say when Newcastle were playing away and they weren't going to it they would say go watch Gator games, which were like, you know, they're in non-league. At the time, they were probably in League 2, but now now non-league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always had agreements about this because they, I remember seeing like an article where like the, the chairman said, well, more Southern fans should start going, like support their non-league teams. They wanted to get people, more people through the gates. They didn't provide that, didn't provide that discount for season ticket holders. It was probably like 10%. It made probably no difference to the yeah. price really. But I did think that, well, why are you offering that discount for them? It's, it's a bit of a side point, but I can see why as a Newcastle United season ticket holder, you would go to Gateshead games as well. Yeah, so it's just a different, yeah. different style of football as well. Mm. Like, you know, it, it is just like, it's completely different. Like, even Sullivan being in League One, like it is actually quite interesting sometimes going to like, you know, I went to Jane away last couple of seasons at down Priestville Road. It's it's like completely different, man. Like you're going to watch Arsenal against Brentford away, even even though they've just came to the Premier League, it's so different to like watching Sunderland versus Jonesham or going to like a League Two game or going to like a non-league game. It's so different, and so it is like a different environment. So I get why people like to do both as well, which I think is a point um, to this as well. Yeah, no, I, I get your point. It's 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 just very hard to define what it really is, is to have two two teams to actually follow and, and how far the just support go for those two sides. Is it like what you mentioned with Gate, Gateshead or, or is it Gateshead, more yeah. Gateshead or sorry, or is it more like, um, you know, that guy, the so-called Brentford slash Tottenham fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won't get into him because I absolutely hate that guy. So I wanted to throw him through a window, but yeah, no. So I think what also we're beginning <laughs> to see um, in, in modern times as well as, um, People that support players, not clubs, I think is an interesting one. You know, we discussed yeah. how commercialised these clubs are and how massive the brands are themselves, but the players themselves are brands. Messi is everywhere. So is Ronaldo, mm. so is Mbappe, so is Haaland. They're in the games, they're on Twitter, they're on Insta, they're on YouTube. There's thousands of fan pages for each of them on all of those forms mm. of social media. And what that's driven is for many fans to follow, you know, players rather than teams. You know, you see all those those accounts of did not happen accounts where it would be like Lowell Reporter asked Haaland what he thought about Arsenal and he said, who are they? Or it's like Jack Grealish after a game, like made a really funny comment about something and these go viral, thousands and thousands and thousands of retweets. And that's what we're beginning to see, you know, with the power of the modern internet is that these these footballers themselves are brands and people think I don't really like Arsenal. I don't like City. I don't like Chelsea or Real Madrid. But what I do like is Ronaldo. You know, if mm. Ronaldo is there, then they're my team. If Messi's there, then they're my team. You know, we, we talk about the paywalls and the issues around that for watching these players play. YouTube highlight reels is massive to see a mm. lot of these players or to look at a particular player that you want to see. And because obviously Insta, YouTube and Twitter are free as apps and obviously the internet isn't directly free for obviously paying for a provider, then fan, that allows fans to push on and be more selective in who they decide to follow. It's like, oh, you know, Dortmund lost Sancho. I think I'm going to follow United now. And and that is very, very different to the traditional fan because he grew up in completely different time periods. Yeah, definitely. I mean, social, social media has been a massive factor for that, I think. Because as you said, like, I, what I find funny is so many players, like, have their own, like, logos in that as well. But it just, mm. it just like, brings home the fact that they are brands. Like, Marcus Rashford's got his own logo. And if you go on Twitter, you search for, for Marcus Rashford, his profile picture is like that MR logo. Yeah, and Because yeah. they are, they are brands. And, like this morning, for example, I googled PSG. I think it's PSG versus Rems. Mm-hmm. 
I have never ever Googled, even though PSG have got Mbappe and Neymar, I, I've never ever Googled a PSG game, like a P- P- PSG Liga 1 game before. But because Messi plays there, I Googled it because I want to see his debut. And, you know, I'll probably continue to do so because I'm a fan of Messi. And that's the thing, like, you know, people are fans of individuals. Like I said, like, like I said earlier, like, you know, I used to get my dad to what to pay for Arsenal games because I wanted to watch Henri. Like that was because of Henri. I would never have done that if it wasn't for that player. And so, yeah, it, it's so true. Um, I even had an Arsenal top with Rizisky on the back, actually, which so makes me sound like a fraud here because I'm saying it's just because of Henri. <laughs> I literally, literally had a Rizisky top, but he was a baller, to be fair. And his goal against Sunderland was a bit mad as well. So just shout that one out. <laughs> <laughs> there, Rosicky is an absolute complete baller. Um, I'll take the guy. I think to kind of round things off, or kind of to to bring it to a head, is what is a fan, right? I think it's it's quite a difficult one to answer, as we've alluded to in the pod, because it's just ever changing, right? You know, originally, as I said, six seventy years ago, it'd be the fans going week in week out to the stadiums with the flags, the scarves, complete Arsenal mm. families. But with globalization as well, people being all across the world, these teams being such big brands, you know, especially adapting to the era of social media as well, it just completely changed how fans view the game. You know, I live with someone, uh, my flatmate, who is really really into basketball but he doesn't have a team still watches countless games knows mm. countless players countless interviews because what he sees is the players as brands and the team as brands and that's what he's really into and i think that in part is what we're beginning to see in modern fans in a variety of ways you know either they're supporting two teams or they're following players rather than teams and i think that definition of a fan is extremely hard to answer because it's forever changing i think it has a variety of different types rather than the rigid traditional type that we grew up uh knowing when we were young kids you know i think as long as t- ticket prices in england in particular anyway is an issue and with the interest being so with the demand being so great obviously as you said mm. guys can't fly in from nigeria to go watch arsenal every week that's <laughs> I think this is only going to grow. It's only going to grow and get more selective in terms of more people supporting multiple teams, having multiple affinities, more people following players rather than actual clubs. I think the the, the definition of a fan is going to constantly morph as the decades go on. I to be, to be honest, like when people ask me who I support, I say Sunderland. There's always a look of like, oh, fair, you support, you stay, you support Sunderland because you've been through a lot, that sort of thing. Um, but does it make me more of a football fan is because I support a, a lesser side? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like if I meet someone and they say, you know, oh, I'm a Manchester United fan, you know, in my head, I always think for a split second because of like unconscious bias, all sort of stuff. I'll think, hmm, is this guy just, you know, this guy's from London, he's Sports United. Is this guy just a bit of a, you know, again, as we said, chasing success? Is he, mm. is he really, does he actually, does he actually really watch them? Does he attend mm. games? You know, I know. I know, I know. Like I've worked with people who are Liverpool fans, for example, who, like, I don't think have even ever been to Anfield. Again, to the point before, it's not easy to get tickets. I get that they live far away; they can't access the stadium as easy. Fair enough, I get all that. But I'm even just convinced some of them even watch on t- watch them on TV. Like, if you, I don't know, it's if you if you love something, <laughs> if you claim mm. to love something, um, then I just think you probably engage with it more. So that's why I think there's a bit of a, a, a gap here between the kind of almost like hyperbole that people speak around something and there are levels of engagement. That's where I think there's imbalance because you, you're allowed to, you're allowed to support United. You're allowed to support Chelsea, whoever you want, you know, you can do, you can do what you want realistically, <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to do anything, but like for you to then say, you know, this is my team. I associate my person, my, myself with this team. 
like I love this team I you know whatever this is part of my life but then don't actually engage with it for me that's just not that's, there's an imbalance there mm. and that's what's quite annoying I think because you do get people who will say that also because there's also pressure as well as like a, a really really final point there is pressure because like particularly as like a, I think particularly as a guy like I do it as well well I'll, I'll ask someone even before they've even said their opinion on football whether they watch it or not there's been times where I've asked people, oh, so who do you support? Like, assuming that they they like football, because obviously it's so big in this country. You know, it, particularly in certain industries as well, like at work or something, like, depending on the industry they work in or the, the area they, they live in, there might be a pressure to say that you're associated with football, mm. if you get what I mean. Yeah, so I if, someone, if someone asks, like, oh, who do you support? Say you've just started a new company and you want to make a good impression, you might say, oh, um, you know, I support United, even though you don't like football. I get there's that kind of pressure around that and this like need to have a because if if someone also said, "Oh, I'm a really big football fan, but I don't support any club," we would also think the same of them and think, "Hmm, that doesn't ring true." And so that's kind of conflicting to our argument because it's like, well, we're forcing them to to support someone, but then then also get annoyed with them and they're not supporting them enough. So it's yeah, there's there's loads of levels to it, but yeah, I just think the engagement point for me is the the, the main main bit and. People do spend a lot of time and effort and money on attending football matches. Yeah, they do. And I think that's, yeah, the, the, analysing or measuring that engagement of a fan, no matter how many teams they decide to support, or whether they support no teams at all or a specific player, it's kind of how you can measure um, how someone is a fan. But I think, yeah, that flexibility and the different types of fans, I think, will just, and as I said earlier, we only grow and grow and grow because I just think football is going for a phase now where it really is changing in terms of how it is with social media, how it is with the internet and how fans are engaging too because their reach of these clubs is only growing by the day. And I think that in time will, will change or turn more fans to maybe support a team in their own country. You know, you could support mm. you could support Arsenal and you're living in Nigeria, but you also have a local team there. So, yeah, I think overall it's it's, um, it's a confusing one, the definition of a fan. That's how I'm going mm. to gonna, gonna leave that one there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up on there, on that point. Um, thank you, Richards, for pulling together uh, the notes for this one. Uh, very, very interesting discussion points that... I, I'm convinced I'll get some follow-up points after this <laughs> yeah. from people I know who might be tuning in, but, you know, I think we've been pretty rational about it, so I think uh, hopefully I won't get too many shots fired. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much. Um, and, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Cheers.